Welcome to the UMMC Bible Study Podcast, a podcast produced with students at UMMC. My name is Tim Chen, and I'm a former graduate of the UMC Medical School. Currently, I'm a family physician practicing in Mississippi. The goal of our podcast is to help our students and their families grow closer with the Lord and stronger in their faith and walk with God. With the rigors of school, it can be difficult to spend time with the Lord as well as fellowship with other believers. We hope that this podcast uplifts you during this challenging time and encourages you in your journey with God. Welcome back to the UMMC Bible Study Podcast. Again, I've got Christian with me today. I really enjoyed our last podcast concerning the book of Romans, specifically the gospel of God, and I hope you guys did as well. We will be continuing on in Romans chapter 1 today until the end of the chapter. And I feel like I need to re-emphasize again that when it comes to the Bible, we just have to be faithful to speak the truth as revealed in the Bible. As we get into the next two chapters, it will be completely counter to our culture and concept. But if we open to the Lord and turn to Him and ask Him, I believe He will show us His heart and His full salvation. You know, Christian, when we were preparing for this podcast, especially this matter in Romans 1 and the gospel of God and salvation, I wanted to ask this question. What are we saved from? When you tell someone they need salvation, what are you telling them they need to be saved from? To answer this question, let's actually go to Acts 2, to one of the greatest gospel preaching accounts, and see what Peter says. Christian, do you want to go ahead and summarize it for us? And again, I encourage all our listeners to read the entire chapter to get a full picture. Sure. So talking about the gospel and, you know, what, what, what's the gospel? What's the gospel of God as was talked about for uh, the beginning of Romans? I just remember in Acts 2, it was the day of Pentecost. So Pentecost meaning 50 days. Uh, Yeah, 50 days after the Lord's ascension. And the disciples were in Jerusalem, and they were praying. You know, they were praying, praying, praying. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit just pours out on them. And so this was the day of Pentecost. So anyway, Peter stands up and begins to preach, or to preach the gospel. You know, and, he, and what does he talk about? He, he speaks mainly about who was Jesus, who was this person that they had been with for the past three and a half years, and what he did, and mainly not miracles that he did, but that this man, he came, he died, he resurrected, which is a miracle, and then he ascended, and he then after he ascended, he poured out the Spirit upon them. And then he concludes his gospel message by saying, he says there, be saved from this crooked generation. So that's Acts 2.40. So I, I think that's striking because the gospel that maybe many of us, including me, first heard is something along the lines of, if you don't believe in God, you're going to go to hell. Something like that. But that's not the focus of this gospel. The focus was who was Jesus, what he did, and then be saved from this crooked generation. Yeah, my experience of salvation was a lot like you, Christian. When I first heard the gospel, it was also something along this line that when I die, where do I want to go? Do I want to go be with the Lord or go to hell? And yes, while there is this eternal part of our salvation, and yes, I want to be with the Lord after I die, 
Peter here in Acts 2 had a different emphasis. He said, be saved from this crooked generation, or some translations translate perverse generation. I have to be honest. I've heard the gospel preached many times, but I don't think I've ever heard this included before. Yes, we need eternal salvation from the lake of fire, but we also need salvation from this crooked generation. Now before we go to Romans 1 to see what is this crooked and perverse generation, I want to point out that when Peter mentions this generation, he's not talking about generation X versus generation Y. He's also not talking from the angle of this young generation doesn't know anything and my generation was better. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about this age as a whole. And I think Romans 1 defines that for us. Christian, do you mind reading the verses? We will be in Romans 1.18 to the end. But we will focus on these three verses here. 18, 21, and 25. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven upon all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold down the truth in unrighteousness. Because though they knew God, they did not glorify him as God or thank him, but rather became vain in their reasonings. And go ahead and read 25. Who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshiped and served the creation rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Wow. So not exactly the most positive verses in the Bible, but I think Paul is really wanting to paint a picture for us. One of the commentaries I was reading says that for a bright picture to really stand out, you need a dark background. Two things we want to focus on here. Number one, our salvation starts right now. Yes, our salvation also includes our future, but we need to be saved from these things right now. Number two, you can read here a list of things and argue about, well, this isn't what he really means, or well, this one isn't as bad as that one. That's not what we are focusing on. What we want to focus on is what is the source of this crooked age. What's the starting point that set all this in motion? Looks like you want to add something, Christian. Just a comment about, right, this perverse generation being saved from this perverse generation and the situation being described in Romans. Again, this is kind of bringing our salvation to something that's very present, right? Our salvation daily, moment by moment, like you're saying, it's not just about after what happens after we die. And it's so much more applicable than, you know, in our daily situations, our daily interactions. These are the areas where God wants to save us. And I also wanted to mention, you know, like reading the end of Romans 1, it seems like it's, it is a, seems very negative. And it seems like there's some man has gotten himself into kind of a pretty bad situation. And there's a third party that's not mentioned here, but I think is very active in this situation. You know, God is here, man is here, but I think a third party not mentioned but is very active is Satan. We should not, we cannot forget about Satan. Today there's a lot of problems in the world and maybe we might think it's there's it's just random, random but it, it's not, right? There is a, there is an evil force present. You know, I, I just want to read very quickly, Acts 20, 26, 18. This is Paul when he's speaking about his commission. 
this verse says, to open their eyes, to turn them from darkness to light, and from the authority of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who have been sanctified by faith in me. So today, you know, the world situation, the, the our current generation, there is an authority of Satan. And I, I just feel like I want to mention that, or else it, it seems like, you know, man's all bad, all bad. Like, there's a there's a force behind it. Yes, that's a really good point to bring out. And again, when we get into this portion, we want to see what's the source of the downfall of this generation. There are two kingdoms that are at war in this universe, God's kingdom and Satan's kingdom. God's kingdom and Satan's kingdom are in opposition to one another, and they can never be reconciled. And all of the issues start here. You know, as we get into these verses, it actually looks like Paul is painting the fall of man that we got into in our Genesis podcasts. In verse 21, it says, They knew God, but did not worship him as God. And this was actually seen in the story of Cain and Abel. Both Cain and Abel knew about God, right? In fact, Cain even has conversations with God. Adam and Eve surely told their boys about God and worshiping him. But Abel not only knew God, he glorified him as God. What do I mean by that? I mean his attitude toward God was one of glorifying God. God's actions showed that without blood there is no forgiveness of sins. By Abel's occupation, you could see that his attitude toward God was probably something like this. You are God. If you say there needs to be blood, then that is the way I will take. God's word is final because he is God. Cain, on the other hand, was opposite of Abel. Cain knew about God, knew the word of God, but his attitude was, yeah, I know you showed that blood is needed for forgiveness, but I'm just going to give you vegetables. It's close enough. He knew about God, but God's word was optional. No reverence to his word. No worship of God and his way. And again, if you listen to the podcast about Cain and Abel that we did, it's not a matter of effort. Raising up a garden is not easy. I can testify. It's hard work. But it's about worshiping God 100%. His way only. His word is truth. And you can see that once Cain didn't take that way, the fall intensified. This crooked generation started to develop. In Romans 1.25, it says, They exchanged the truth of God for the lie and served the creature rather than the creator. This reminds me of Cain's descendants. God was supposed to be their provision, their protection. But since they had started to fall away, they made their own. They exchanged God away. Jabal was a farming guru. Jubal was an entertainment mongol. And Tubal-Cain was a craftsman of war. God was supposed to be man's provision, enjoyment, and protection. But they exchanged God for their own things. Then in Babel, that was a land full of idol worship. Man was worshiping the creature rather than the creator. You get down further in chapter 1 of Romans, and essentially Paul was painting Sodom and Gomorrah. It's really just darkness. Truth was being suppressed. They didn't approve of holding God in their full knowledge. It became an environment absent of God, but it all started with knowing about God, but not worshiping Him as God. Yeah, I, I like that progression that you drew, uh, connecting it to what we've talked about in Genesis and uh, just considering, 
you know, the, this is applicable to us still, you know. We, we, we shouldn't be so cavalier about, you know, worshiping God in our own way, you know, just kind of whatever way I feel is right. And then, you know, oh, man, my goodness, this is hits on a big point. Things that replace God. You know, our entertainment. We need these things. We need our provision. We need defense. We need entertainment. But all the things that replace God as these things to us, yeah, that that's very applicable to us. And anyway, just seeing these elements of that kind of help to contribute to this very downward spiraling situation. Yes. Well, I think what's so amazing about the gospel of God is that it shows that God wants to save us not just one day when we die, but he wants to save us right now, today. His heart is so good to us, so loving toward us, so full of grace that he's not happy just leaving us in this condition. His attitude is not, well, when they die, they'll be with me. But for now, they just need to figure it out and deal with it. No, his salvation starts today. In Colossians 1.13, it says he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. That's not in the future. That starts today. Today we can live a life in the kingdom of God. What does that mean? It means I can live under God's ruling right now. God can be my king right now. And I'm not just talking about in church on Sundays. I'm talking about living in God's kingdom when you're doing the dishes, living in God's kingdom when you're talking to your spouse. I'll give you an example, even tonight. Earlier tonight, when we were eating dinner, my daughter was standing up and playing in her chair when she should have been sitting down and eating, and she knocked over some water on you, Christian. Now, in my mind, I was about to snatch her up and spank her bottom. I actually had to take a second and ask the Lord for some help. But when I did that, I had a sense from the Lord, that's your reaction. That's not me. Your anger toward her is you. It's not me. Now, she still got discipline, of course. But in that moment, God was king, not me. Now, that's one success story in a multitude of failures. But this is how full and rich God's salvation is. It's not just for the future. And it's also not just when we first believed. But it's for now for today, to save us not just from eternal perdition, but also from this dark generation. This is God's heart for us, and this is part of God's full salvation. You look like you have something to say, Christian. Well, I I, I was just considering that um, talking about this dark background, and Paul opens up his gospel, his book, with this dark background, and I think I just think it it really helps us to appreciate what comes next, you know, the Lord's redemption and his salvation. Otherwise, you know, maybe we're not even aware, you know. If you don't know you're sick, you don't know you need help, right? Or we might fool ourselves, or today the world might, you know, just if enough people say, Oh, it's okay, then like we're like, Oh, I, I guess it's okay, like but do appreciate Paul in Romans, kind of opening up with this real situation. This is real. This is the situation. You know, uh, this is really like we can take these verses and we can just look around and like, yeah, <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, and 
so anyway that be from this kind of situation then it i think for me it helps us to really appreciate even to realize if we don't if we didn't realize it helps us to realize oh my goodness something needs to be done you know something needs to be done you know i i need ultimately i need a savior right i completely agree christian we need a savior we need salvation and thank god that he sent his son his son shed his blood and died that's the cost for our sin such a high cost but it didn't end there he was also resurrected he ascended to the father the father took the payment but again hallelujah it didn't end there salvation didn't end there he didn't just leave us as orphans here on the earth but his spirit is now with our spirit to those who believe and received him he's now living in our heart he's saving us moment by moment He's not satisfied with us continuing to be in darkness, in a poor condition, stuck in a sinful state. He's saving us from all that right now. I'm really glad we got into this kind of uh, more negative background. For me, really appreciate, you know, how much the Lord has saved us from and is saving us out of our situations our, our daily environment, we, we don't even know, you know, the most of the time, you know. So just really appreciate the Lord for, for his salvation. Yes, praise God for showing us this dark background, for really showing us the true condition that we are in. And I think as we go along in Romans, we will see that we not only have to be saved from these outward conditions, but also be saved from our inward condition. And how wonderful God's salvation is for that as well. Man, I'm excited to keep going in this book. And I'm so glad that you guys are joining us in this journey in the gospel of God. If you haven't received the Lord yet as your wonderful Savior, I pray that you would open to God and ask Him to come into your heart to be your personal Savior. His heart toward you is so good and His salvation is so full and wonderful. Feel free to contact us on our Facebook page at Christians at UMMC. We would love to tell you more. Feel free to follow us on Facebook and Spotify to get notified immediately when our weekly podcasts are ready. Until next week, I hope you guys enjoy his wonderful salvation of making sinners sons of God. Has no rest. Deep within I feel the pain I'm condemned.
Bonsoir.